So uh, what we're going to do is, is, is they're going to come up, they're going to share with us for about 10 to 15 minutes, and then they're going to hand over to the, the next in the series. But when they hand over, what we need to do as a congregation is we need to do two things. When they're speaking, we need to support them, right? We need to understand that, that they are us, that we are them, that when they're up there sharing their, their heart, that they're sharing our heart, and we get to support them. We get to be a part of that. So I encourage you, make sure your, your amens are strong. Make sure you've got your yahoos. Get out your hanky, wave it in the air. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. But um, when, when one finishes and the next starts, what I'd like us to do, Dougal's got it. He's ready. Yeah, go Dukes. Just don't flick it too hard. I don't know what's in it. Um, but, but when they transition, what I'd like you to do is just stand to your feet and let's welcome the, the, the next person to the stage. Yeah, is it all right? Very cool. Hey, so why don't you stand to your feet and put your hands together as we welcome Amanda Ty to the pulpit. morning everybody you may be seated I hope you're all well oh I'm a little bit emotional after that last song <laughs> might take me a while to catch up um don't know if it's humanly possible for three women to talk for 10 minutes each <laughs> but we shall see how we go no um we promise you'll get home for dinner so <laughs> Um, no matter what season you're going through right now, you have to know that God's love will get you through. You have to know that God's love will get you through. I want to um, get straight into it because we've only got 10 minutes. There's no time for, you know, whatever. Okay, um, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Do you know, verse 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. And it's not saying, give thanks for the fact that you've got a roof over your head. It's not saying, give thanks for the fact that you have hot water. It doesn't say give thanks. It's not about giving thanks for the fact that you've got a job or money in your bank account. It's not saying give thanks for the fact that, you know, you've got a girlfriend or a boyfriend or that you're happy right now or that your parents are alive or whatever it is. It's not saying that. It's important to understand that when we give thanks, it's got to come from somewhere within that's thanking Jesus. Because the fact of the matter is, is those things come and go. And if our, if our happiness and our joy is based on giving thanks to those things and only in those things, those things will come and go and our joy and our happiness will go up and down, up and down. But I love that song that we just sang because it talks about Jesus and it reminds us of who he is that he is our rock, that his name is the name above all names. And that's, the, that's what we have to go back to all the time, giving thanks for what Jesus did for us, giving thanks for who he is, giving thanks. And that has to be John, um, John 7 verse 34, 35 says, cling to me, rely on me, trust in me, and out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And that's the kind of life I want to have. My heart just wants to sing. My heart just wants 
to be happy. My heart just wants to give. That's the life that I want to be living. Because, do you know, I can be um, coveting. I can be worried. I can be tired. I can be anxious, fearful, lonely. I can feel inadequate. I can feel ugly. I can feel fat. All those things can overcome who I am. But thankfulness thankfulness does this. It pulls my eyes off myself. And it focuses them on my rock and my saviour. Jesus. And he reminds me, I am set apart. I am precious. I am called. I am capable. I am beautiful. I am strong. I am the head and I'm not the tail. I'm saved and I'm redeemed because giving thanks reminds me of who Jesus is and Jesus reminds me of who I am. So we should give thanks to God in all circumstances because he reminds us of who we are in that circumstance. He brings us back to the people who he created us to be. And um, when Emma, our second child, was nine months old, or give or take a few months, um, I struggled with some emotions that I'd never dealt with before in my life. And I would be feeding her in her room and I would be gripped with fear, a fear that I could not shake, a fear that I could not, you know, just go buy a, um, chocolate and it would be gone, um, a fear that would, gr- that just, the only word that I can, how I can explain it is it gripped me, a fear that I, I would just couldn't wait till Emma had finished her feed so that I could go into the lounge and ask Patty to pray for me. I was just like... It was a, I had these irrational fears around dying, around cancer, around having MS of all things. I, don't, I even called the ambulance one night because I was so anxious. I didn't, never had an anxiety attack before in my life, but here I am in my bed feeling like my body is turning off. It's the only way, and I said, Patty, you've got to call the ambulance. And he's like, why? I'm like, I'm dying, I'm dying. You know, like, it's actually quite hilarious looking back on it now. But... I was, I was, I, and, and um, it was quite funny because um, the ambulance came and I tried, I've just got to wait for the paramedics to get here. I've just got to wait for the paramedics to get here. I've just got to wait for the paramedics. And my breathing kind of getting faster and faster and I feel like I'm going to fall on the floor and die any minute. And then the ambulance men came in and they assessed me and they said to Patty, do you think anything's wrong with her? And he said, no. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm dying here. I'm, de- <laughs> I'm literally, you know, that, you know, that's what. Um, and in those moments, you know, as I dealt with my, um, it was, ended up being postnatal depression, anxiety, and as I was dealing with that, was about for about two weeks until my medication kicked in. I had to, I had to, um, to deal with these emotions that I was feeling, and it, it was my, it was my battle. People were praying for me, but it was my mind. It was my heart, it was my battle, and Patty would play um, this particular worship song, and I could not sing, I could not pray, because of where I was and the feelings I was feeling, I couldn't do any of that, but I could speak, and I could copy the words and declare the truth of the songs over my spirit and over my heart, and I swear to you, I could not pray, I could not sing, but I could speak and copy the words of truth 
over my life and thank God for who he was in my situation because his love will always pull us through and we've got to know Jesus. We've got to know who he is. We've got to go to the core of our foundational beliefs so that our very being can thank him for who he is, remind us of who we are so that in any circumstance, we can see God pulling us through, through any circumstance, the good, the bad, the ugly, the good. We can always give thanks because our core beliefs, our core understanding of who he is will pull us through. So Amanda out. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've got to get going too. I'm not going to be as quick as Mandana. <laughs> um, I've titled my thoughts today, Don't Let It Get Inside. Um, so a little bit about me. I was raised in a Christian home and I was brought up in church. So Thanksgiving is something that I've heard about a lot. Um, and I also work as a clinical psychologist. And what's been really interesting is watching the whole concept of Thanksgiving and gratitude kind of infiltrate into my day-to-day job, really. Sorry, just catching my breath. Um, And basically from what I've observed, science is just catching up to what the Bible has said for thousands of years. Um, But to start, I thought I'd just give you a quick rundown on the science behind Thanksgiving. In a nutshell, thankfulness comes with a whole lot of positive benefits. (laughs) So thankfulness is thought to trigger positive feedback loops in our brain. Basically, the more we experience thankfulness, the more frequent we are thankful the more intense the feeling of thankfulness becomes, which then leads to us feeling more thankful about more things at the same time. And research has also highlighted several benefits of Thanksgiving, which include being happier, liked more by others, having more friends, better physical health, boosts in our career, emotional strength, resilience, being optimistic, which then develops our personality, developing an other focus, better sleep, more energy, and ultimately a longer life. Who'd like all of those benefits? <laughs> Sounds pretty good, huh? <laughs> but our brain is also designed in a way that after repeated exposure to the same emotion-producing stimulus, like something that we're thankful for, we get used to it and we stop noticing the good things that happen to us. We also get used to the bad things that happen. We can stop seeing the positives and start complaining instead. So how can we fix it? Science actually suggests that gratitude, thanksgiving, is one of our most powerful tools at rewiring the brain. But we already knew that from the Bible, huh? (laughs) And yet, despite knowing all of this and even using it in my day-to-day job, thankfulness is something I've really struggled with this year. I've always considered myself to be a relatively upbeat person and have always been driven by a strong need to contribute to healing a hurting world. And I guess that's what's led me into my work as a psychologist. And this year has been my first year outside of study and I'm working in in the child mental health service in the heart. And I remember beginning the year full of so much expectation that I could help these families and bring hope into their lives that things could be different. But across the year, what I've noticed is that things have changed in my heart. I found myself in an environment where I was working with children who were burdened by the weight of the world. And I heard horrible stories of things that should never happen to anyone over and over again. 
And part of my motivation for my work is to advocate for people who can't advocate for themselves. But what I observed was that my sense of injustice was actually just transforming into a deep anger inside my heart. And I share this because our current culture is so thick with anger and I had let that get inside and change me. But I'd also let something else get inside, cynicism. So what I'd find is that I'd go online and I'd hear people talking and stories again of something horrible that was going on in the world. And what I'd find is my eyes would roll and I'd release long suffering sighs <laughs> and sometimes even entertain mean-hearted thoughts. I found myself feeling powerless and overwhelmed by the hopelessness of the reality of so many families in our community that I ended up losing my joy and hope, instead letting a sense of apathy and negative negativity make my insides ugly. I found myself making harsh words towards situations and things that people were going through, like, well, I'm only stating what's true, or maybe they deserved it. But, I know, ugly, eh? <laughs> But actually, Jesus has commissioned us to be the light in the world, which means that we need to keep all of that ugly stuff on the outside of us. And one way that we cannot do that is by sticking our heads in the sand. We can rest, but we can't withdraw or tune out because we follow a saviour who looked straight in the eyes of darkness and didn't flinch or back away. He saw it as what it was so that he could diagnose the sickness and heal it. And our call is very much the same. We have to see the world for what it is without letting it create bitterness within us. And there are three ways that I've found helpful in my own life, and they all revolve around cultivating thankfulness. Number one is believe what God says about people and believe what God says about himself. In my life, one of the biggest killers of thankfulness is cynicism. I'd go as far to say that although cynicism is quieter than hate or rage. It's just as prevalent and toxic. Cynicism emerges out of the gap between expectations and reality, between who we are called to be versus who we are. We can become disillusioned and disappointed when we fail or when people fail or things don't appear to be changing. And that involves into bitterness and a prickly shell. For those of us prone to cynicism, Jesus's life is a humbling reminder a man who had more reason than anyone to be cynical was not. Maybe because in his eyes there wasn't any gap between his expectations of people and the reality of them. He saw people for who they really were, which is exactly why he came. That's not to say that he never felt hurt or betrayed, but he also knew that that was the reason for his work. When it comes to our humanity, scripture is pretty clear. We're broken, and we choose brokenness again and again. We all do, which is exactly why we need Jesus. We can be hurt and angry when others disappoint us, but we shouldn't really be surprised. That brokenness is exactly why Jesus came. That's why, as his followers, we must reject cynicism for hope. People will disappoint us, but God's justice and grace accounts for it all. We have been given grace and we are called to show grace. Understanding that people might hurt us or let us down, feeling that hurt and then forgiving it. Looking as much as we can through Jesus' eyes at a broken humanity with grace and hope. Hope for what we can be restored to through God's love. Number two, focus on the good. 
lately I've been found I've found myself swinging between disappointment and hope. So at one moment I'll something will disappoint me, and then the next moment I'll be reminded of my call. For every news story that reports on distraction and hopelessness, there are also people advocating and investing into doing what is right and bringing healing. But it's all about our perspective. Philippians 4 verse 8, 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What we look for is what we see. Our brains are designed in a way that we can see negative things more easily than positive things. So we have to retrain our brain to notice the good, which like any skill takes practice and time, but eventually it will become second nature. So every morning in the car, me and Jono do a, um, what are we thankful for? Which is really easy on some days, and then on other days, it really forces me to have to focus my attention on what is good. But what I've noticed is when we miss that little thing that we do, it really does affect the rest of my day. So it's fundamental in setting it up for me. Another suggestion is like beginning a thankfulness journal. So at the end of the night before you're going to sleep, just jot down three things that you're thankful for. And both of these things kind of prime our brains into looking out for the good. And it actually will start off those positive feedback loops that I talked about at the start. The third thing and the last thing is do good. Romans 12.21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. God has commissioned us to bring the good news to our world. We can either choose to be absorbed in the negativity and despair, like I was, which then cultivates cynicism and anger, or we can choose to focus our energy elsewhere. Where is it that you can do good? What can you become involved in to be part of the change? One of my favorite things about God is that he designed a world in which we receive healing as we work to heal it. God created us to spread his love across the planet. And when we do that, it's like medicine for our own souls. And just to finish, Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. We need to guard our hearts against anything that would poison it, whether it's fear, hate, cynicism, or self-righteousness. Everything we let in will eventually flow back out through us. So don't let the darkness in. Look at it, see it, but don't let it extinguish your life. Thanksgiving is the most powerful antidote. When we're filling our hearts with what is pure and good and hopeful, there's actually no room for anything else. Emma, out. <laughs> Awesome. Oh my gosh, what amazing women we've got in this church. <sighs> okay, so those of you who know me know that I don't really do short. So um, I've got my own little clock here. I'm also last, so whatever. Um, <clears throat> Jono did threaten to cut us off though, so hopefully I'm good. Um, the other thing is I don't really follow rules, so again, whatever. Oops, I've just locked myself out of my iPad.
<laughs> um, so the last couple of weeks have been pretty disruptive um, for Wellington. Uh, people have been locked out of their offices. Um, personally, I was back in at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning, but I know some people um, still ba aren't back into their offices. I know some people got into their offices and then had to ship out again. Um, sorry about that, Andrew and Sharon. Um, except now you're on holiday. Um, some of us had to evacuate, so driving up to high ground so that we didn't get washed away from Island Bay. Um, <clears throat> but uh, obviously nothing, I, my heart really goes out to those people in Canterbury um, in particular, because what we've been going through is nothing compared to what they've been going through. Um, and even if they're not in the epicentre, for those who have been in Christchurch, like it's all just a bit much for them, I think. Um, too, too much too soon. Um, for the Sutherland family, though, as I said, I was back in my building by 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning. Um, we all took it pretty nonchalantly. Um, Isaac didn't occur to Isaac to get out of bed when the earthquake hit. He, <laughs> um, I suggested that perhaps he might like to consider a different strategy um, should there be another quake the next night. Uh, he's on the bottom story of our house, so... <laughs> um, but, you know, we were, we were really lucky to have gotten away um, so lightly. A couple of pitchers slid down and lay on their backs. Um, nothing fell off the walls, nothing really... Um, yeah, and Lizzie slept through it, so it was, uh, we were really thankful. But late on Monday night, as we were going to bed, it sort of occurred to us that we probably should um, <laughs> put our emergency supplies uh, in order on account of how the last time we checked them would have been the last earthquake. Um, I don't even know what was in the bag. Um, we didn't have any water, but we only found that out because Karori had sold out of water. Um, <laughs> Uh, so we kind of, you know, we spent some, spent about an hour or so digging up some supplies and securing some cupboards because it would be a bummer to have to clean those up in the morning if there was a quake. Like, you know, we just sort of took it in our strides and probably a little bit, um, a little, <laughs> yeah, a little bit too flippantly. Um, and then later in the week we kind of came up with a bit of a plan just sort of talking about what would happen if we got separated with everybody being in different parts of the city. But for us, um, you know, reflecting on that, it was a bit like a second chance um, to be prepared. Waking up in the morning after a big earthquake gives you a pause for thought about um, you know, how ready you are and what the cost actually could have been. Um, like I know that Mark and that you had quite a bit of damage through your place, so you know, we were really lucky and, um, and I'm really thankful for that. But um, you know, it allows us to, to have a bit of another, another think and take some steps to, to reduce any further damage should, um, should the worst happen later. So for this week, um, I've been focusing a bit, oh crumbs, how much of my time's gone already? Um, I've been focusing this week on Luke 17 and the story of the 10 lepers in particular. So I'm just going to read that um, just quickly from the message. Uh, Jesus and his disciples were on their way to Jerusalem. He entered a village and 10 lepers called out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. As they went, and while they were still on their way, they became clean. One of them, when he realized he was healed, turned back and came to Jesus, shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet. He couldn't thank him enough. Jesus said, we're not ten healed. Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this one? Then he said, get up. Your faith has healed and saved you. Um, there's so much in that story. And, and you know, as I said, I've been going over it and over it um, throughout the week. But <clears throat> So I'm just basically going to rip some really little pieces out to talk about it. But... The first question that comes to mind is, is what, were the, what were the lepers thankful for? And to, to understand that, I think we need to understand what the life of a leper was. It's, um, in my head, you know, I think it's just, um, I, think, I think I think of it as much less than it probably actually was for them. So it's an excruciating disease. Um, my understanding is, is that the nerve endings on your body start to die off, so you don't actually start to feel, you, you end up stopping feeling pain. Um, any injury or wound on your body you wouldn't be aware of because you didn't know you did it. And, of course, in Jesus' time, of course, it was dirty and dusty. So 
infections were likely to be quite common. Um, and, and, you wouldn't, and you wouldn't be seeking treatment for them, obviously, because, well, firstly, you wouldn't, there would, no doctor would treat you, but also um, you wouldn't know necessarily that, it was, that there was a problem. Um, the irritations in your eyes and things, so your eyes would stop blinking. The mechanism that makes you blink stops working, and so then your eyes, you don't blink, and so the dirt and the dust would get in, and often um, blindness was common in lepers as well. Um, your limbs would start to atrophy and eventually um, start rotting. The smell would be completely overwhelming, which is probably one of the reasons that they all lived separate from the rest of society. Um, and their nasal passages probably wouldn't work anyway, so for them, they wouldn't even know. Um, they were socially excluded for the obvious reasons, um, partly the smell, partly the disfigurement that would ensue. Um, they would, by law, they had to stay a distance away from people. They had to carry a bell around with them attached to a rope um, so that when they did come close to people from society, they would have to ring the bell and shout, unclean, unclean. So not only the social exclusion, but the humiliation that would come with that would be unbearable. So for those 10 lepers, and all of the other ones, but for those 10, a life free from leprosy would have meant a life free from pain and from disability, from loneliness, and from shame. So when Jesus asked them or responded to their request for mercy with an instruction to step out in faith and obedience, go and show yourselves to the priests, they would have done it in a heartbeat. They wouldn't have even questioned. Off they went. Anything to be free from the horror of leprosy. And as they went, and while they were going, they became clean. You can kind of imagine them, so they're off, they're off, and, in my, and it's kind of weird because in my head, oh, sorry, they look a bit like zombies, so they're off to go and get healed, you know, they're dragging their feet because they, they're injured and they're wounded and that, so they're, so they're going off, <laughs> you know, brains, but they're off, and, um, and then one of them kind of go, well, one of them probably starts to notice that actually he can feel his feet, he can start to feel his feet as he's going off to see the priest, and he's not limping, he's not dragging his feet along anymore. His mate will look at his hands and he sees that his, that his skin is starting to heal. One of them probably feels the tears starting to roll down his face as he realizes that he's been healed. The reward for their obedience is healing. The priest would offer them, so when they go to see the priest, the priest gives them the clean bill of health. He looks at them and he inspects them. And he says, you're okay to live back in society now. That's something to be thankful for. If you're a leper, that's something to be thankful for. But in spite of them being thankful, only one of the lepers returns to Jesus. And it's Jesus' question that I want to focus on this morning. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> it's that song. So it's Jesus' question that I want to focus on. He said, we're not ten healed. Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this one? All ten of the lepers were obedient and all ten received healing. But only one came back to praise Jesus and give him thanks. About ten minutes ago, I said that um, having escaped the full impact of a big earthquake allowed us to count the cost of what might have been and have a second chance to get ready. So my question to you this morning is what if the only things you had today were the things that you thanked God for yesterday? And I wonder what your immediate reaction to that is. Who had a little moment of panic when your stomach just drops down into your feet, um, when your blood runs cold and the hairs on the back of your neck stand up? Just for a second. That was my reaction when I first read it. I was like, oh, okay, whatever I was going to talk about, that's what I'm talking about this week. But how many, and I wonder how many of you were sitting pretty comfy in your seats there going, yeah, I'm good, I did my thanks. 
I reckon one in ten of us probably sit comfy in our seat. What gets in the way of us praising God, I wonder? What stops us from coming back to Jesus? Because three is the magic number. I've got three reasons why I think um, we don't come back to Jesus as often as we should to give thanks for the things that he's done. First is pride. And this is a big one. I think this is my biggest one. I had a tough week going through this Thanksgiving stuff too. (laughs) I'm clever. I work hard. I studied for a really long time to get to where I am and to get to what I'm doing. I put in some hard yards and I've dealt with some really difficult bosses. I've shown loyalty to my employer. I tithe. I serve most of my time in church. But my pride robs me of an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of... um, I, have an attitude, I tend to have an attitude of what I've done and how hard I've worked, which means that I deserve the things that I get and I deserve the blessings or entitled to the blessings that I have in my life. Um, and I'm sad about that. <laughs> I think the second thing can be disappointment. I say I, and some of my examples are just hypothetical, so just um, particularly this one. <laughs> um, I worked hard to get my degree, to get where I am, and this, is, this what, is this what's left? Is this, is this what I get for it? So disappointment in... I had an expectation of what being a grown-up was going to look like. I'm still working hard. Things are still hard. People are still annoying. My mum is still annoying. All those things are still annoying. Is this what being a grown-up is? Well, thanks God for that. That's awesome. Um, You know, so your expectations of what something's going to be like can rob us of a thankful heart because whatever we were expecting in our heads, whatever we blew it up to be in our heads, whatever this earthquake has to offer, um, is never going to be quite as much as... You know, like if you've built it up in your head, it's not going to it's not going to meet those expectations, and you're and and so what we're expecting falls sh- so what we get falls short of that picture in our head, um, and we focus on what's missing or what we didn't get. Um, and carelessness, I think number three is carelessness. I think the lepers were just so darn excited to get to the temple to have the priest declare them healed, so they could go back to their families and get on with a normal life and be back in society, and so they could reconnect with everything, um, and that life that they hadn't had for so long. They just forgot to stop and give thanks. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we're so obedient and we're just doing the things that God says that we forget that, first of all, let's just take a moment to thank God for what he has done, to thank God that he's speaking to you, to thank God that he actually cares about what's going on in your life because we're on to the next thing and what's the next thing going to be? You know, life is so fast that we're just careless with our thankfulness. When my back was healed, I was so happy, you know, just was a constant pain down the side, down my leg. It started to become like an ankle issue because it just was referred pain all the way down my leg. Um, I couldn't sit in particular positions. Lizzie said to me one time, I wish I knew you when you were a young mum. And I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Sometimes I use my back as an excuse. She's not here, but, you know, like... um, so, so, when, so when I got this healing, I'm, you know, I'm so thankful for that because it means I can get on with my life. But, and I did thank God, but I didn't get on my knees. I didn't run back to him shouting with praise and get down on my knees to thank him. I got on my knees to ask him to heal it. Um, but I'm, and I'm so thankful now that I can exercise. Like, it's, it's awesome. Not that you can see the effects. Whatever your reasons for not shouting gratitude, um, for not shouting that gratitude, for not running back to glorify God and for not kneeling at the feet of Jesus to thank him for everything he's done, whether it's pride, whether it's disappointment or carelessness or cynicism, um, whether you actually just can't physically get yourself there, whatever your reasons, be the one leper that did and come back. Imagine those lepers, you know, that's that, um, they were running off, they were so excited to go back and get their healing, but what if... The one thing that, you know, what if, 
what is it, whatever you have today was whatever you gave thanks for yesterday. In the morning, they wake up and they're back with leprosy again, you know, they missed that opportunity to come back to Jesus. We just can't allow anything to be more important than taking the moment out in the middle of our busyness to thank God for what he's already done and what we already have before we move on to the next thing. Mic drop, yeah. Rachel out. Awesome. Yeah, let's give them a hand. How good was that? Hey, we, we are honored and, and privileged to have such awesome women. Hey, take a seat. Take a seat. Um, very cool. Man, that, I don't know about you, but um, that, that challenged me. And I, and I love how, I think my favorite thing when we, we have those sermons, we get people to share a, a little bit of their ideas, you know, and, and, and all I asked um, them was, what does Thanksgiving mean to you? You know, and that idea of we, we need to be thankful. You know, that Amanda said that Thanksgiving reminds us of who Jesus is, and Jesus reminds us of who we are, right? And then, then that idea that, that Emma shared of how do, we, how do we go about actually being, how do we cultivate Thanksgiving, that we need to, and we need to focus on, we, we need to believe what God says about others and believe what God says about Him, that we need to focus on the good and we need to do good. And, and finally, what Rachel said, you know, that, that question, man, that, that hit me. <laughs> You know, if you, own, if you had tomorrow only what you gave thanks for today, what would your life look like? And, and, and what are the things getting in the way of thanksgiving for you? You know, is it, is it pride? Is it, is it disappointment? Is it carelessness? You know, and, and, and this, this is our last Sunday in November. We, we finished this series today. But it's so important to realize that November isn't the only time that we're thankful. You know, that we don't set aside a bit in our calendar and, and just do our, our thanksgiving bit in November and then we go about the the rest of the year and you know but this is a moment where we need to remind ourselves you know maybe this this whole month as we've been talking about thanksgiving it's been hard for you you don't feel like you've got something to be thankful for you don't feel like you even can give thanks you know i just want to encourage you it it, it just takes a first step it just takes a moment to, to to realize god there's something that i have that that you gave me and i can be thankful for it so just, just as we're in this moment, we're going to wrap up. But why don't, you, why don't you just close your eyes and bow your heads. And I just want to give us maybe 30 seconds just to think. You know, there was a lot in those sermons. Maybe just think on that, you know. Where is it? What, what is it in your life that, that you need to be thankful for? Where is it in your life that you need to, to remind yourself who Jesus is, to be thankful for who He is so He can remind you of who you are? Where is it in your life that you need to, to believe what God says about others? Where is it in your life that you need to, to focus on the good? You might feel like you're surrounded by, by negative things, but maybe there's just one thing, one light in the darkness you can focus on and start acting on that thing, doing good. And, and what's getting in the way? Don't be deceived by the lies. Don't be deceived by the, the pride that says that you don't need to give thanks, that you made it here, that you achieved it. Don't, don't, don't be misled by the disappointment of you don't have anything to be thankful for. People around you have so much more. And don't forget in the busyness of the doing, of the acting, that we need to be thankful. So come on, let's just take 30 seconds and let's just wait.
then just as your, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, this morning in prayer meeting I read uh, a, a benediction, a benediction of, of thanksgiving. And I just want to read it out to you. I think it's, I think maybe if you've got a prayer in your heart that you can't quite articulate, this helps us to get the words out. This helps us to, to start the flow. This helps us to remind ourselves of, of who we are and what we're thankful for. So as I read this out, maybe just, just open your heart and let it be your prayer. Let these words be your words. Let, let the intent be your intent. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the broad expanse of God's love and the abundance of his riches and glory shape your perspective on life and needs, including those things which disappoint you. May the eyes of your heart be open to all the blessings which surround you. May this awareness produce a harvest of generosity in your spirit. May thankfulness rise up within you, not just during this short season, but day after day, from early morning watch until after you retire at night. May your prayers reflect gratitude while also acknowledging the need of others whose situations are so drastically different. May thoughts of Jesus fill your mind and hunger for God drive your soul and love for the Lord guide your speech and your actions. And finally, may the grace, peace, and love of the triune God protect, defend, and empower you to run with perseverance the race marked out for you. You know, just as everyone's head is bowed and, and eyes are closed, if you're here this morning, and, and we do this every service we have, if you're here this morning and, and you know that currently where you're at, if you're honest, the, the God in your life that you bring your thanks to is you. If you look at your life and you look at the things around you and, and if you look at the, your life and the, the things that you don't want around you, the, the person who is responsible for both and the solution to both, the, the strength, the, the one who holds the stars in the sky and keeps the earth spinning, it's all you. You are your God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're tired of that. You're tired of being your own God. You're tired of, of trying to make it work on your own. And you want to give God a shot, the God. If that's you here this morning, in a minute I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not because raising your hand is anything special, but because it indicates to me, but more importantly, it speaks to you, that you want to make a choice, that you want to change the way that your life is going, that you don't want to be your own Lord and God and Savior anymore, but you need someone bigger than you. So this morning, if that's you here, you, you know that you've been following the wrong things and they're leading you to the wrong places, that you've been trying to fill a hole with, with stuff that's the wrong shape, that you need to come to the God who loves you. If that's you here this morning, you want to make that decision with us, I just want you to let me know by raising your hand and letting me know you're praying this prayer with us. Awesome, I see that hand. Thank you. Is anyone else here this morning who's saying, yeah, John, that, that's me. I, I I need this God in my life. I need a God to follow who, who won't let me down. I need something beyond me. Just one more time, if that's you, I just want to encourage you. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Hey, church, I want you to pray a prayer with me. Is that all right? Very cool. Repeat this after me. Dear God, thank you for loving me so much that you would die for me. I'm sorry for following the wrong things. But today, 
I choose to follow you. You are my Lord. You are my God. And I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Hey, why don't we give a hand for the people that responded? Super good. Super good. Very cool. Hey, uh, we're going we're gonna to go out with a song of praise in just a minute. I'm 